Mark chapter number 16. Certainly appreciated walking in this morning and seeing behind me the words to the Great Commission, to go ye into all the world. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning, that account there in Mark chapter number 16 of the very words of Christ. There, starting in verse number 15, if you're there, Mark 16, 15, the Bible says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, as I like to often do, I want you to underline that phrase there in verse number 20. Verse number 20, the very beginning of that that phrase says, And they went forth. And they went forth. What we see here is a very specific group of people at a very specific uh, time in the world's history, and we're going to look at that a little bit later, that are doing exactly what Jesus Christ had commanded them just a few verses earlier in verse number 15, right? The Great Commission, as we like to call it, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But there in verse number 20, we see that this task, it was being done. And they went forth and did what? And preached everywhere. But the truth of the matter is that each and every one of the people that we find here in verse number 20, this and they went forth, this group of people, this was some 2,000 years ago now. The truth is each and every one of these people have since passed away and gone on into eternity. So it begs the question of right now, Coming up on 2024, it's amazing to say that, Pastor, that we're now halfway through December, just a few more weeks left in 2023. At the end of this year, coming up on the Christmas season, and we've got New Year's and all the busyness that goes on with that, I ask this question, the title of the message, of who is going today? Who is going today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do love you. Lord, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, Lord, that If we were to accept him as our Savior, we could spend an eternity in heaven with you. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for this this time of a Christmas celebration where we celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. Lord, now as we look into your word and are challenged with the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, Father, I pray that you'll lay it upon our hearts to see the world as you do. Lord, as a soul that is going to spend an eternity either in heaven or in hell. Father, I pray now that you'll You'll touch our hearts, Lord, that you'll challenge us, you'll convict us to be better gospel witnesses. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a man by the name of John Currier. John Currier, back in 1949, was found guilty of murder and sentenced to life in prison. Later, he was paroled to work on a work farm near Nashville, Tennessee. The, the, uh, his parole had to do with the rest of his life. He still was for the rest of his life to work on this uh, work farm there in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, in 1968, John Currier's sentence was terminated and a letter bearing that good news was sent to that work farm in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, the problem was, as how great our postal service is sometimes, that letter never got there. 
So 10 years go by, it's now 1978, and John Currier is still in Nashville, Tennessee, working on that work farm, working out this life sentence that has since, for 10 years now, been terminated. And you say, how awful is that, that this man for 10 more years had to work out this life sentence that had been terminated from him there back in 1968? Well, you see, a state parole officer had found out about John Currier's situation. And he takes it upon himself to take a copy of that letter. You know, of course, this was before the time of email and text messages and all those things. And he takes a copy of that letter over to that work farm in Nashville, Tennessee. And he shows them and says, look, this says that John Currier's sentence was terminated. He's a free man. He can go free. He no longer has to be here. And that's great that John Currier uh, got to go free after that. Well, you say, wow, it's so awful that for 10 years, you know, he had to work out this, this life sentence that had been terminated. But the truth of the matter is, is that Christians have been entrusted with this most important message to the world. The message of freedom from sin and bondage, the gospel message that we have that is shown to us in God's word. This is that letter bearing that good news. That if we are to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that we can spend an eternity in heaven with him, that we don't have to spend an eternity in hell, separated away from God forever, but that Jesus Christ has paid the price for our sins. And it is our responsibility, just like that state parole officer, to take the message, to take this letter that God has given us, to take the gospel to the world around us and to share with them that if they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that they can spend an eternity in heaven just as we can. But the problem is that many Christians have not done this. Many Christians have kept this message to ourselves. We have missed this command here in Mark 16, 15, to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We as Christians today in the 21st century have gotten this idea of world evangelism, that it is left up to the pastor. It's up to you know the, the full-time Christian worker that is on staff at the church. It's left up to the missionaries. It's the evangelist job. And that, uh, well, we give them our money so that they can go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is one portion of it. That yes, we are to support missionaries and we are to support our pastor and the the people of the church and the evangelists that they can go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But the truth of the matter is, is if that in our mind, if we are only, if we are only just giving of our finances to go to gospel work and we ourselves are not taking the gospel message ourselves personally to those that we know, those that we meet, to our coworkers, our friends, our family members, the the people at the restaurant, the gas station, wherever it is that we find ourselves in daily life. If, If we as Christians are not taking the gospel message to the world around us, then we have missed out on what this command from God is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You see, it is not, uh, it is my job to give the gospel to each and every person that I meet. And it's not my responsibility just because I'm a missionary, but it is my responsibility because I am a Christian. It is each and every one of our responsibility to give the gospel to the world around us. Christians have been entrusted with the most important message to the world, the message of freedom from sin and bondage, the message to the world that their sentence of eternity in hell has been lifted by Jesus Christ. It is our job as Christians, it is our responsibility to bring that message to the world. If you're taking notes this morning, number one, we're going to see how the world is perishing. The world is perishing. Keep your finger here and Mark, turn with me to John chapter number four. 
John chapter number four, very familiar passage here. It's, of course, the woman at the well here in John chapter number four. And while the woman is off uh, getting her family members to bring them to Jesus, we find this account here of Jesus speaking with his disciples here in John chapter number four. Uh, we're going to start in verse number 34. Here in John chapter number four, verse number 34, the Bible tells us, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. The fields there in that verse, of course, is speaking of the world. Jesus is telling his disciples that, look, say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. He says, we can't wait to do the work of Jesus Christ. We can't wait to give out the gospel but that we have to lift up your eyes, look on the fields for they are white, all ready to harvest. It has this idea that as the farmer was to look out over the top of his fields, that as he sees his field, his crop, that he had labored for so long, as he sees that crop, the color is just starting to change there in the crop. As he sees that, it's a warning to the farmer that, look, you have just a few more days, just, just a few more hours, a few more days, just maybe a week or so to get out there to your harvest and to reap that harvest. And if that farmer is to wait just a little bit longer, if he's to wait too long, then his whole harvest is going to perish. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields for their white all ready to harvest. It's a, it's a warning to us that, look, there's not four months and then cometh harvest. Listen, this, this, this gospel task that we have to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, this isn't something that we need to just wait to do. This isn't something that we need to sit on for a little while. But this is something that we need to be important, that needs to be important in our lives. It's something that we need to be doing each and every day, that we need to be busy in the gospel work right now. How sad would it be if, if we're at work tomorrow and the Lord was to put on our heart somebody that we know, one of our coworkers that we know is not saved, and we're to put it off just a little bit, say, you know, I'm busy. It's the Christmas season. Our jobs get a lot busier around this time of year. So I'm, gonna, I'm busy with my work now. I'm gonna, I'll get to it. I'll witness to that person in the new year. Well, that person isn't promised tomorrow. There's no guarantee that you will see them on Tuesday. Or on Wednesday, the Bible tells us that our life is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Did you know that it is estimated that every second, two people die? Every second, two people slip off into eternity. Listen, we need to be busy giving the gospel now. The world is perishing quickly if I was to have a cup of coffee sitting here and, and you were to see the vapors coming up off that coffee, that coffee, the steam coming up off this hot cup of coffee, and then it was gone in just a short second, right? You see it there, and it's there for just a quick minute, and it's that few seconds, and then gone. That's what James has compared our life to. But a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Before uh, my wife and I were on deputation, we had the opportunity to work at a, at a cold storage facility. And uh, I was a supervisor there and she was working in the office. And we got to know some of the truck drivers really well. And they became some of our friends. Well, there was this one truck driving team, a father and son uh, by the name of Marty Gore. They went by junior and senior and they became friends of ours. We talked to them. We saw them almost every single day. And 
Uh, we had many opportunities to give them the gospel, and they knew this uh, father and son team, junior and senior, they, they knew we were going to be missionaries to Mexico City, and uh, they knew that we went to church and loved the Lord, and we'd invite them out to any little, you know, church activity there was, and gave them the gospel and gospel tracts, and every time, you know, senior, the father, I'd, I'd tell him that we're going to church, invite him out, or try to talk to him about Jesus Christ every single time that I tried to talk to him about the Lord, he'd give me the same response. He'd say, oh, well, that's good that you have that. Oh, that's great. He goes, but that's not for me. Same response every time, no matter what it was about. It had to do with the Lord. Oh, that's great that you have that, but that's not for me. Well, there was uh, one afternoon I was talking with Senior out by his truck, and uh, um, he said, oh, well, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. He said, you'll see Junior. He goes, but I'll be here later in the week. He said, I've got a doctor's appointment. And he said, it's nothing big. You know, it's just a normal routine checkup. He was maybe in his 70s, uh, but seemed very healthy. He's got this routine checkup tomorrow. I'm going to go to the doctor. I'll be back later in the week. I said, okay, I'll see you later in the week. Well, he was at the doctor's office. He had just walked inside the doctor's office, just past the threshold of the door, and he had fallen over. His heart had collapsed, and his time on earth was over. From my understanding, that man is in hell today. Why? Because, oh, that's not for me. That's great that you have that, but that's not for me. I'm sure many of us can relate to somebody that we know that had passed away suddenly that we weren't expecting to, that we thought, oh, we've got a little more time to share the gospel with that person. They've got more time. They're in great health. They're young, whatever it is. Listen, we aren't promised tomorrow. Number one, the world is perishing. Number two, this morning we see the command that is given back in Mark chapter number 16. This command that is given, Mark 16, verse number 15, the part of it is up on the wall behind us to go ye into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. The he there at the beginning of that verse, the verse starts off, and he said unto them. That is so important, very key to this verse. Why? Because the he there is speaking of Jesus Christ. It gives us context to, to who it is that gives this command to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You see, it's one thing for me to stand up here this morning and to say, listen, we need to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's one thing for your pastor to stand behind this pulpit and to say, listen, you need to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But this isn't something that we just came up with one day. Your pastor didn't call me earlier this week and say, you know, Brother Magner, Let's come up with this. Let's talk about this. We're going we're gonna to come up with this idea of going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. No, you see, we find it right there on the very text of the word of God. There out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, the command to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's a direct command from God. It's not a suggestion. It's not something we just do on our free time or if we feel like it. No, it's a command from God to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Of course, at this time, uh, he was giving that command to his disciples. We then see uh, verses 16, 17, 18, the sign gifts that the disciples were given that have no longer are uh, in the church today. But this command to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature has been passed down to the local church that we have. That it is our responsibility as Christians to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You see, earthly things are just temporary. And yet, heavenly things, someone's soul, are eternal. And what do we spend the majority of our time focusing on? Those earthly things. Those temporary things. Oh, I've got to make as much money as I can so that I can have the newest iPhone and I can have the best car and we can have the best house and whatever it is. And listen, I understand we have to work a job. You have to have some sort of income to be able to provide for your family. I understand that. 
But when the earthly things, the temporary things become the most important in our life, then we have missed out on what God has for our life. We have missed out on this command to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's why I prayed that the Lord would give us eyes like he had to see someone's soul. You're walking down the street and across the street, you see someone that's, you know, doesn't look the same as us, right? Maybe they're bopping to some song that we probably don't listen to. And, you know, they're dressed different than we are. They look different than we are. They act different than we are. And what do we do? We write that person off. Well, I don't want to be near them. I don't want to go talk to that person. But the truth is, without Jesus Christ, they don't know. They don't have the hope that we have in our life if they don't have Jesus Christ. That's somebody's soul. That's a soul that is going to spend eternity in either heaven or hell. You see, every single one of us will pass on from this earth. We will face God. And at that moment, we will, it will be determined if we will spend an eternity in heaven or if we will spend forever in hell, separated away from God, based off of our relationship with Jesus Christ, based off of what we did with the information, with what we did with what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. Number one, we see... The world is perishing. Number two, we see this command that is given to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But number three this morning and lastly, I ask this question again of who is going today? Today, look with me there in Mark chapter number 16, verse number 19. Verse number 19, the Bible says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. You see, verse number 19 gives us this timeline of events. It tells us the very specific moment that we find what is happening in verse number 20, right? So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. So in verse number 19, we see that Jesus Christ's earthly ministry has just finished. Right before his earthly ministry finishes, he tells them to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Then verse number 19, the Lord is received up into heaven. So that tells us very specifically when verse number 20 takes place. Verse number 20, and they went forth and preached everywhere. So we have found this very specific group of people at a very specific time of events some 2,000 years ago that the Lord had just received up into heaven, now we find this group of people that are going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. But like I said before, I don't know anybody that's still alive from 2,000 years ago. They've each gone on. They've all passed on from death into life. What that tells me is that it asks the question of who right now in 2023 would be a part of the group and they went forth. Who would be a part of the group that is going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature? Yes, we need missionaries that are going to go into foreign lands and learn a new language and learn a new culture and leave everything behind and go there and preach the gospel to the people that are there that God has laid upon their hearts. But we also need those who are going to stay right here in this part of Kentucky and preach the gospel to those that are around you now. Listen, if each and every one of us was to answer the call to missions and to go to a foreign land, who would stay behind and preach the gospel to those here? I'm so thankful that uh, the Lord has allowed me to be able to be a missionary and to go to another part of the world and to preach the gospel there. But it, I can only do that because of churches like this one here that, that are going to be faithful right here where God has placed them that are going to be faithful to giving to missions, but also that are going to be faithful in preaching the gospel to the world around them. 
You see, this is why the, this, this command to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, this is why this command does not just go to the pastor or to, to the assistant pastor and to the missionary and the evangelist. Because listen, we can't do it all. Your pastor, a faithful man of God for many years, is going to reach as many people as he can with the gospel, but he cannot reach every single person in the state of Kentucky. He needs your help. Listen, also, we cannot reach the whole world with the gospel with just one hour a week focused on door knocking. Listen, I love that sort of thing. I'm not saying that if you're doing it or not doing it is right or wrong. I love door knocking. I love that opportunity. That sort of thing in Mexico City is very, very effective to be able to knock on someone's door and give them the gospel. You know, their culture, they, they're very uh, susceptible to somebody coming to their door. And I understand uh, we might not be as much of that here in America. But listen, if we as a church or we as a person say, okay, I'm just going to focus one hour a week, one hour a week, right, to giving the gospel, and the rest of that time, I'm not going to think about it, then we've missed out on this command to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why? Because how many of you have maybe knocked on someone's door or, or gone to give them the gospel, and what happens? You knock on that door maybe, and they're not home, right? Well, where's that person? They're at work. They're at the gas station. They're at the grocery store. You know, they're out at the sporting event. So when are we going to reach that person with the gospel? Listen, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, which is the command from God, it will take each and every one of us throughout our daily life giving the gospel, having gospel tracks on us. When we're in the break room at lunch on a given work day and, and someone asks you tomorrow, oh, what'd you do this weekend? You give them the gospel. Oh, well, let me tell you what I did this weekend. Well, on Saturday I did such and such, but on Sunday we were able to go to church. And oh, we had a great time. And the Lord spoke to us about this. Do you know the Lord? Let me tell you a little bit about why we have Christmas. Or, or when you're at the gas station and someone is there at the pump across from you, stuck there for the exact same amount of time as you are. They can't go anywhere. Why? Because they need gas just like you do. Give them a gospel track. Or you're at the restaurant and you have that great opportunity to talk to your waiter or waitress. And when you leave them a tip, and please leave them a tip, leave a gospel tract with it. And if you're going to leave a gospel tract with your church name on it, leave them a good tip. Because you don't want to be a bad example. Yeah. But listen, we need to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Throughout our daily life, wherever God has placed us. Romans chapter number one, last scripture this morning. Romans chapter number one, we see this description given to us about Paul, right? Many of you know who Paul is in the Bible. The, some people say he was the first missionary, the greatest missionary, whatever you want to say, but, but Paul, right? And I love this description that God gives us here. Romans chapter number one, verse number one. The Bible says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Wow, imagine that. Imagine if, if your name could go in there. Josh Magner, separated unto the gospel of God. Or are we too busy that we don't care? Oh, I've got my thing that I have to deal with. I'd, I, I've got to make more money. I've got to do this. I've got to go see this sporting event and I've got to watch this show because I've seen the first three episodes. I can't miss episode four. 
separated unto the gospel of God. Listen, the reason that you can go throughout the New Testament and see the churches that were started through Paul's ministry and and the multitudes of people that were saved and their lives changed through the gospel. Why? Because Paul was separated unto the gospel of God. I love this that he says there in 1 Corinthians chapter number two, verse number one, I'll read it for you for sake of time. The Bible says, and I brethren, this is Paul speaking to the church of Corinth. He says, and I brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Listen, Paul says this. He says, when I met you, when I came to you, I met you for the first time. He says, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. You know what that tells me? That tells me you don't have to be a great speaker and you don't have to be a really smart person. You just need to love the Lord. He says, I came to you without excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That when he met a person, what do we do here in America when we meet someone for the first time? We ask them, oh, where do you work? What's your favorite sports team? You know, what kind of car do you drive? All these different things. But when Paul met someone, what did he do? Hi, my name is Paul. Do you know the Lord is your savior? He said, when I came to you, I determined not to know anything among you, Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. The most important thing was if they knew Jesus Christ. What a difference that would make in our life. If, listen, when we met someone, when we go to work, and maybe you already know this person, when you see someone outside of these doors and inside these doors, that we don't, we don't worry about all these other earthly things, but we look at them as a soul, a soul, an eternal thing that will spend an eternity either in heaven or in hell. And we take that responsibility upon ourselves to make sure that that person has a clear understanding of the gospel. Imagine if that state parole officer in Tennessee never took it upon himself to go find out John Currier in 1978. Listen, 1978 wasn't all that long ago. You say, well, you're pretty young. You probably weren't even alive then. I wasn't, I understand. But 1978, there's a good possibility that that man, John Carrier, could still be alive working out on that work farm in Nashville, Tennessee. I don't know. If that state parole officer didn't take it upon himself to take a letter of good news to that man and to tell him, look, your sentence had been terminated. Oh, Christian today, it is your responsibility to share the gospel with those that you meet. That we're going to give an account for that for what we've done with our time on this earth. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. It's not just for the missionary, it's not just for the pastor, but it is for each and every one of us this morning to see someone's life as a soul that needs a savior. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you again for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, that we can spend an eternity in heaven with you. Lord, now, as we finish up this service, I pray that you'll convict our hearts, Lord, that you'll, you'll help us to be better gospel witnesses, Lord, that we'll see somebody as a soul that needs a Savior. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.